welcome to the Speaking of Tangents podcast, a podcast for your ears. Today's show is brought to you by Discount Eclipse Glasses. Discount Eclipse Glasses. We're not sure why these things are selling all of a sudden, but we want to get in on that racket. Discount Eclipse Glasses, bringing you the best prices since August 22nd, 2017. My name is Jason. And I am KJ, and in this episode, we review our week. In review. A week when we didn't go anywhere or really do anything, but yet we still managed to find plenty to talk about. Am I right, Jason? Yes, KJ, you are correct. Even in this week when one event eclipsed most everything else, we still found plenty of nonsense to chat about. And after that, we take a quiz designed by one of our very own listeners. Later, find out if we have a guest. When we play, do we have a guest? Finally, we wrap it all up with feedback. All that plus several conversational tangents. In a week, things happen. Yes, they do. And now we'll review. Yes, we will. Those things that happened. The things that happen. It's the speaking of tangents. Week in review. So what is up this week? Oh, good is up this week. It was Eclipse Week. Right? I forgot about that already. <laughs> yeah, me too. Did you, what, what was uh, the Eclipse viewing experience like for you down there? In the path of totality. It got dark. We went outside. The end. <laughs> How about you? Um, well, it was cloudy. The end. Okay. So, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to. I wasn't <laughs> was even cool. able to go outside. Oh, really? Yeah. You, were you working? Healthcare never sleeps. You don't, you don't get to take those type of breaks. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't take, you know, 400 vacations yeah. <laughs> during the year and you'd have a day, extra day here and there. Well, I'm glad I didn't take that Monday off because there was really nothing here in Minnesota. It was cloudy. It didn't even get that dark. Um, so, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we didn't see much. Yeah, I, I don't want to say it wasn't awesome because it was it was cool and awesome. But the overhype and the profiteering and the marketing ruined it for me. Yes. So basically what I'm saying is, just like everything else, nature and the universe are awesome and people ruin it. People are not. Yeah. Yes. People ruin it every time <laughs> with this extra stuff. And I'm, I'm not saying all people, but, you know, people in general. Uh, like, you know, Lou, I think Louis C.K. said it best when he said, everything is awesome and no one is happy. <laughs> Which one was that from? Was that from his latest comedy show? Um, no, this was several years ago. He, I remember him doing it. The first thing I saw him, that's part of his act, but the first time I saw him do it, say that was on, it's a like, little bit where he talks about cell phones and, you know, yeah, give it I a do second, remember we're that. like complaining. He, he was, doing, I think it was on Conan, like when Conan was like on NBC before he was like on the Tonight Show. So this was probably what, 10 years ago, maybe? Okay. Yeah, Something I remember like that. So it's been that. a while. Yep. Yeah, but, he, but he's right in that, in the way I look at this eclipse is that in this stuff is that there's stuff happening in the universe and in nature and all around us, like that we can see on the planet or we can see, you know, in the sky and the day and night, just every single day and night stuff is awesome that is happening. And we have gotten so, 
I don't know, just not numb to it, but it's just like, yeah, okay. So that when this one particular thing happened, that was cool, but it did not need to be hyped up that much because look, every single day there's awesome stuff happening and I feel like we just are oblivious to it and we don't pay attention to it. And it frustrates me that it took a hype marketing machine to make people pay attention to something cool in the universe. When stuff is happening every day that we could see. Well, it was definitely overhyped, or at least hyped. I would say overhyped. I saw the news that morning before I went to work, and there were so many people camped out, cars and cars and cars. I know our friend Jolene was telling me that where she lives in Nebraska, all Mm -hmm. the hotels were booked for months, and people were flying in private jets just for the day and leaving again. You know, my folks went down to Nebraska uh, where my stepbrother lives and mm-hmm. uh, watched it there. A lot of money shelled out for pe- from people to pay for hotels, oh, yes. et cetera. Oh, yes. And and buying the glasses. And yeah, definitely. Traveling and the shirts and, you know, I don't really give a crap about this, you know, economists estimating that, you know, we lost 700 and something million dollars or whatever it was, or maybe billions. Oh, yeah, that was, was my next crazy point. number of money. Because yeah, people are taking off and working. Yeah, not working. Give me a break with that. Give me a break with that. Come on. Get out of here with that. I, <laughs> <laughs> stop and enjoy the awesome stuff that is happening in the universe on a regular basis. It's This is my problem with holidays. It's exactly the same thing. Yep. Why why do we have to reserve one particular time of year to celebrate something awesome or, you know, why do we have to listen to what the, you know, retail industry tells us what to do? Are we driven that much by money and marketing that we have to wait for a particular day like a birthday or a holiday or Mother's Day or Father's Day? Oh, that's a bunch of junk. It's the Hallmark holidays is like what I like to call it. And yeah, I mean not not that I invented that. <laughs> Yeah, what I like the to call it sounded college. stupid right yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, but it really is. It's my point is not don't celebrate those days. Don't only celebrate those days. Celebrate when you feel like celebrating. Don't feel like you have to celebrate on days that people tell you you have to celebrate on. Well, this is this isn't this the same thing that you kind of you're feeling about birthdays too? That's exactly right. Yeah, that's what yeah. I said. Birthdays included in that. So if you want to celebrate someone or something, do it. Don't feel like you have to wait. And here's the thing. Don't wait for somebody to tell you to do it. Yes. Yeah. But also don't feel like, and, and this this also goes for if you want to just celebrate on those days because it makes it, you know, easier or better for you, then do celebrate those holidays. I'm not saying don't celebrate those holidays. I'm saying don't feel like you have to celebrate those holidays and nothing else because I feel like that's where we're headed in our culture of it's marketing telling us what to do. Versus do what you want to do. Celebrate who you want and look outside at the sky at nighttime every now and then. Yes. Because there's awesome stuff out there that is just as cool as the eclipse that that is happening on a regular basis. So I hope what I hope that comes out of this is that people go, wow, that was awesome. That eclipse was cool. The people that got to see in the the totality or I mean, you see some of the pictures and they're amazing. Mm -hmm. And then they go, you know what? This is going to prompt me to be more interested in what's going on in the universe and on our planet on a regular basis that's naturally happening and 
get more interested in that and investigate that more and view those things more often and be in awe of what the universe is more often than once every lifetime. Or in some cases, you know, like they said, it's an eclipse of a lifetime. And now in seven years, we're going to have another one. Yes, 2024. And you, you I'm, I imagine yes. you're already starting to plan for that. Um, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I think the answer to that is no. No, KJ. No, no. The crazy thing to me is that Carbondale, Illinois is the center once again. It's, it's actually in the path of totality once again in seven years. Oh, I didn't it's hear that. It's a cross. Like, like this one, this, this past eclipse went from like Oregon to Florida, basically, like across. Yeah. Like horizontal, like diagonal across the, the country. The one in 2024 will be from like Texas to like New England, diagonal. Across the country, yeah. the other other direction, but Carbondale, Illinois. If you look, it's the one spot, the one area of the United States that's in both of those. So it's in the cross section of those. So it's like getting it again. What is going on there? I don't know. That I mean, <laughs> those people are either lucky or that's unlucky. a weird phenomenon. Because they're going to well, have, I mean, more tourists descend upon their little town. Yeah, it makes me wonder if you know we're going to have like some. You know, you have like, this may just be, you know, fabricated in my imagination. I'm sure that there are groups of people out there, cults, basically, I'll say, that worship the sun or worship different things, you know, in the universe to a, you know, extreme degree. I wonder if they're going to be descending on Carbondale to do like crazy rituals and stuff, you know. It could be. Who knows? And I was thinking that that might be a good time for me to finally visit the, um, Baseball Hall of Fame. I I think that the eclipse might be going through there in 2024. Oh, you know, it's going through New. Uh, yeah, it's in hit. It's that's in, in Cooperstown, right? Cooperstown. Yeah, I don't know if it, yeah. I know it's going to go through Buffalo, and uh, you know, so Phil's mom mm-hmm. will get a chance to see it. But oh, cool. Yeah, I, I haven't been up to that part of New York, and I need to go to Cooperstown anyway. So I might as well hit that. That part of New York, upstate New York, really reminds me of like. Pennsylvania or even like Kentucky or, you know, even really North Georgia where it's kind of a little bit more mountainous, a little bit more, uh, I mean, not mountainous, hilly. Mm-hmm. And it's like great and beautiful, like with the trees in in the fall. When you think of New York, I think most people think of New, New York, York City, City area, like New Jersey, more, yeah. uh, you know, metropolitan areas. But upstate New York is beautiful, especially in the fall. Yeah. Well, isn't that the you know, the famous Adirondacks in upstate New York. You're talking about mountain chains. I don't know nothing about mountain chains. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I though. think I'm right. But you yeah. know, remember last week we were talking, we were asking, well, how long have they been talking about this coming eclipse? Yes. And John Miller, he clarified that for us for, on Twitter at JKM563. He said, how long have they been talking about the coming eclipse? In 1932, just before an eclipse, the New York Times described it as being, this eclipse will be the most spectacular one until coming in August 2017. That's how long they've been talking about this eclipse. So forever. Forever, yeah. Yeah. So I imagine that the 2024 one will be talked about quite frequently from now until then. Well, they're going to give it a break because... When you come out and say, this is a chance of a lot, one opportunity in your yeah, lifetime. Right. I mean, maybe if you're 100 years old the, today and you're not going to make it to 2024, most likely. But 
I mean, it's it's the chance of some people's lifetime, right. but I mean, if there's another one that's going to be pretty close, you know, in 2024, seven years away, um, what say you now, marketing hype machine? Well, I think you're right. They probably are going to give it a break for a little bit. Yeah. But I bet and you those glasses are going to cost more money. Probably. Probably. Yeah. There'll be something where they have to be a different lens manufactured in their um, ISO standard, whatever, blah, 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 will have to be changed because it's a different frequency of ultraviolet radiation coming from the sun seven years from now. Yeah, right. Something like that. Well, my whole point is it was awesome and it was cool. And I think people should have, if they wanted to go see it, should have gone and even traveled to see it. Definitely if it's, you know, I mean, where I am, I just went outside and looked. Um, But everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Just like the Lego movie said. Yes. Was that Tegan and Sarah? Is that who that was? Yes, Tegan and Sarah. That song? Yeah. Everything is awesome when it comes to like the universe and nature. It's, you know, awe-inspiring and incredible. I think the problem is we tend to live most of our lives in the middle. And what I mean by that is if everything in your life is at, on a scale of 1 to 10, is at 10, and there's no dynamics, then you get used to that, and then there's no... It's it's hard to differentiate from that to feel up or down. Right. So if everything in the universe is happening at an eight or a nine all the time, and say this is a ten, it you notice it. But since we live most of our lives in the middle, it's it's almost like we need those valleys in order to appreciate the peak of the mountaintop. Yeah, I think it it keeps us grounded. Yes. On the other hand. The the everything is awesome, and if you can see something cool in the sky every day, especially mm-hmm. at night with the constellations and yes, but stars are amazing. Stars are amazing, but so was this eclipse, and it's again, yes. it's something that hasn't happened in quite that way for like ninety nine years. So I would say Correct. that even though you don't want to just poo poo the rest of the time, oh, this isn't awesome. It's for anyone that got the chance to see that they should have seen it or like you said, go and drive and see it. And Mm -hmm. you were lucky that you could just walk out the door and look at it. But it wasn't total here, though. It was more like 97. And you think that that would be pretty close. And it it didn't really even get that all that dark, to be honest. Well, I think what is it accurate that Minnesota is probably 80 percent? Is that something that makes sense? That we're going to go with that. Yes, (laughs) because it. 80%, 80%, I would think 80% I'd see something, but I saw nothing. I mean, I didn't see anything at all because I didn't even go outside. But some of the people that I worked with did go outside and they said they really didn't see anything. Yeah, and if it was cloudy too, like it was, I think it was super cloudy like around San Francisco area, which I mean, imagine that foggy mm-hmm. yeah, right, cloudy in San right. Francisco. Um, it was really almost no difference because if it's overcast, because really it was like, it's like, Sometimes when it thunderstorms in the middle of the afternoon, it might be a bright, sunny day, and all of a sudden clouds come rolling in, dark clouds, and it's, you know, thunderstorm all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like that, maybe just a little bit darker than normal. So it wasn't, like, extremely noticeable. It was some weird light. The coolest thing to me that I saw were all the, like, little crescent-shaped, like, reflections. Yes, on the sidewalk. Because, yes, which is amazing. Light, here's the other thing. Light is an amazing, awesome thing that we don't even understand. Fully. 
There's get to the subatomic level of light, and it is ridiculously awesome. And we could spend, you know, lifetimes investigating it and figuring it out. And the cool thing to me is with the universe and nature, there's always more out there. We discover something. Oh, and then there's always another level. We discover something, and there's always another level. We discover that keeps going on and on. It's awesome. And that's what I mean when I say everything is awesome. Everything is incredible, amazing. But I do agree with you that if everything is eight or nine all the time and this eclipse was a 10, definitely. You know, people should check it out, and I, I think it was very cool. But I, the profiteering and the overhype is what made me go, eh. Yeah, but I'm glad. I said last week, you know, let don't you know let your love of science win out over your hate of marketing. And um, I'm glad yes. that you just don't let your hate of mar- marketing keep you from really, really awesome things like that. So I'm glad that you were able to see it, even only at 97%. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because I can see the, uh, I can see you not wanting to see it because it's been ruined already by the profiteering off of the, the whole event. Right. And I will say that my hate of, it's not a hate of marketing. It's really profiteering. It's really con jobs and snake oil. It's the modern day snake oil people and the way that the internet has become inundated with this one new trick or you'll never guess this or these two MIT grads solved the problem. That kind of stupid junk. Mm -hmm. That is that internet style of clickbait has infiltrated like actual news websites and yes. real stuff. And you know what makes it easier for people like Trump to come out and say, oh, that's fake news? Because if you go to CNN, half the stuff on their page is that stupid clickbait, and it is integrated in a way that unless you're paying attention and you know better, you would think, oh, this is something, this is a story they're promoting. Because the advertisers of these, the makers of these ads want you to think that, want you to think, oh, this is a story, so I'll click on it. Yeah. No, it it dilutes actual facts and news and information when that stuff is on the same site. And look, I know, I know you got to make money as a company, but there's got to be another way. There's got to be a better way than, than that. You would think the that internet has been somebody ruined. could figure that out, but... They're not, doesn't appear that they're trying to change that. But there well, has no, to be. because it's making them money, apparently. Right. It all comes back to if you put money above people, that's wrong. Yeah. So it's, so it's not marketing that I hate, because marketing is good. It's... Evil marketing. It's, yeah, it's unscrupulous marketing. It's stuff where people are like, we're trying to make money and we don't care what... If people, if we actually make a product that people like, we're gonna we're gonna take this product that sucks and we're gonna promote it to people as the greatest thing ever, the solution to all their problems, you know, forever, and dishonest being being dishonest about stuff and trying to sell people on something. It is it's the modern day snake oil, and I it seems to me from looking at the internet and seeing ads on TV that so much has gone in that direction that it just makes me frustrated with all of it. Yeah, that's why 
me being on vacation last week without internet at all was so great. Oh, yes. None of that stuff came into play at all. Mm-mm. And and look, there, there are plenty of people out there who I know. I mean, we, we know uh, Sean was on our podcast. He works in marketing. Mm-hmm. Or I know he did. He has before. And look, he is, you know, I would trust things that he said. It's the it's the unscrupulous side of it that it seems like so much on the Internet and so much on TV now falls into that makes me just want to go. Is everything about making money? Yeah, is well, it's the, it's the whole idea of one bad apple spoils the bunch. This isn't everyone. Right. But it, and it's probably it's not enough, even the majority. Well, right, but point. it's an, an, it's enough that it overshadows the good that's happening. Absolutely. It's like it's the 20% or whatever it is that support that still support Trump mm-hmm. that the rest of the world looks at America and go, what the crap is wrong with you? Right. And they and, and the rest <laughs> of the world not, thinks that everyone in America is behind Trump. Yes. Everything is awesome and everything sucks at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Everything is awesome and it's being ruined by a small percentage of people that are greedy or evil or trying to just, you know, get power that don't care about other people. Yeah, unfortunately, you're probably right. But that eclipse, though, those pictures. Those pictures are awesome. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of sad that I missed it, but it's not to the, it's not FOMO level. You know, it's just one of those things where it wasn't happening here. I had just come back from vacation. I wasn't about to jump in the car again. I didn't have vacation time at work. Surprise, surprise. So... (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's just the way it goes. And, and uh, everything is awesome. So I can see something cool in the sky tonight. Yes, absolutely. And I'm glad your FOMO didn't overtake you. I didn't, I'm glad you didn't have FOMO about that because, you know, they say YOLO, but really in this case, as long as you make it to 2024, YOLT. YOLT? Would that be it? YOLT. YOLT, you only live twice? YOLT, yeah, Isn't YOLT. Is that a James Bond movie? YOLT. So Yolt, in this case, as long as you make it to 2024. I'd say the odds are okay on that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do we we want to run the math and do the probability on that one? No, 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 I don't want that. (laughs) Oh, I don't want to either. This is a song of words about a quiz that I'm singing. That should end what this segment is. Okay, I'll tell you, it's a quiz. Well, we do have a quiz, and and this it's week's a quiz. and this week's quiz was sent to us by Ed Butt. Oh, cool! Yeah, very cool. He said it's a music quiz, and he did warn us that it skews a little old. So we'll see how we do. So we're playing music? No, it's not playing. It, it's um, he's well. First of all, he said they came from trivia night at his golf club. Oh, cool! But. From what I understand, he said he wrote the questions as well. So, oh, so here's what he says: Answer the question from or about a song for three points. Name the title and artist of that song for one point each. Okay. And he did include the year of the song, the year that the song charted or was first released. 
So that might oh, that might that, help or, or hurt us. I would think it, for me, it's only going to help me. But it's not audio think, clips. It's just um, questions. Just questions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Um, I think it's going to be, um, I think the year is going to indicate to me that I have no shot at getting it if it's like in the 50s or 60s. Right. Yeah, me too. To be honest. Um, okay, so you ready to try this? Let's give it a shot. We'll just do our regular points to make it easy. Yeah, sounds good. Since we never really keep track or repeat what the score was, usually. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway. We just pretty much, you know, call you the winner and move on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about this one. All right. Number one. What kind of car when she... what? Easy for me to say. Number one. <laughs> what kind of car was she driving when, quote, she forgot all about the library like she told her old man, unquote? And it's 1964. I have no idea. Yeah, she forgot all about the library like she told her old man. I'm terrible with lyrics without hearing the actual, like, song. Well, the only... I'm very much much a music person, so I'm cued to... Like, if I heard that melody and that phrasing, it would probably make a whole lot more sense to me. Is it... What what's the song? This is probably t- 1964. What what's the song by the Beach Boys? Fun fun fun. Tell her daddy took her T bird away. Could it be the same song here? She forgot all about the library, like she told her old man. I don't think so. I was thinking maybe Thunderbird. I would go with that because I don't have any other answer. All right, I'm gonna write the Thunderbird down. Um, so if that if if we're going with that song, that's a Beach Boys tune, I think. Isn't it? Yes. Okay. And do you, is the name of that song Fun, Fun, Fun? I don't know. As good as any guess I have. Yeah. I think that's probably right. That's that's what I'm going with. Okay. Now, I think I know number two here. What right. What was she driving when she checked me out standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona, 1972? Mm-hmm. So, you know this, you uh, know this group, right? Uh, this is the Eagles, right? Eagles. And the song is Take It Easy. Take It Easy, yeah. And uh, it's a girl, my flatbed Ford. That's what I would say, too. Yeah, okay. We got it, I think. Yeah, I th- I'm, I'm almost 100% that we got that one. Um, number three, I also think I know this one. Who got frisky behind the Tasty Freeze, 1982? Oh, I absolutely know this one. This is um, Mellencamp, uh, uh, Jack and Diane. Sort of. John Cougar, what, Mellencamp? There you go. I think he was John Cougar, just John Cougar at this point. And this was Jack and Diane? Correct. Outside the Tasty Freeze. And it was Jack and Diane that got frisky. Okay. Jack Behind the Tasty Freeze. Behind or outside? I behind. guess the question says behind. I thought it was outside. Yeah. Okay. It might be. Yeah, but the question says behind. Okay, this is from 1982. So if it, So wait, so wait. If it's... If it is, if the lyric is actually outside, because I think you're right, then that means the answer to it's a trick question, and the answer is no one yes. got frisky behind the tasty freeze. <laughs> maybe that is, maybe that is the the maybe we caught Ed's ah yeah his trick. He's his trying trick. to fool us. That, that's that's fancy. I think it's I'm outside. I'm going to go with Jack and Diane. Though. <laughs> yeah, Jack and Diane. Let's stick with that. Yeah. Okay, the next one's from 1982, so maybe I've got a chance here. About mm-hmm. how old was the guy when she, quote, saw him dancing there by the record machine, unquote? 
Saw him mm-hmm. dancing there. By that the is a machine. lyric that could also be from like the 60s. Yeah, I'm thinking saw him dancing. Oh, she saw him da- dancing there. No, that's probably mm-hmm. not the right one. I don't even know what I'm what song I'm talking about now. Well, the one from the 60s would be the Beatles. Uh, but this is not that. This is this is um. Okay. Do you want me to give you a hint? Yes. She also loved the type of a type of music in this song, a particular type of music. So name some styles of music. Jazz. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No. Polka. Um, rock and the roll. singer, yes, the artist in this was in the Runaways in the seven, late seventies, early eighties. The the singer, yeah, singer and guitar player, yes, one person. It's one 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 lady. Oh, it's a lady. Yeah. Oh, she. Yes. She. Okay. Yeah. The question is about how old She's was the guy? There by the record machine. Yeah, it's um. I, do you mean to answer that part? Because I know that part. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's seventeen. Is my guess on this? Just about the song seventeen. Is sev- no, that that's the oh, okay. answer. How old was the guy? He was seventeen. Seventeen. All right. Mm-hmm. I don't think I know this song. Um, this artist, this lady, took the place of Kurt Cobain when Nirvana was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and they played played with Dave Grohl and Chris. Nova, whatever his name is. Do you have you ever seen that clip when they played uh, "Smells Like Teen Spirit" at the Hall of Fame induction, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction? It wasn't Cobain's wife, was it? Oh no, no. Well, she didn't sing, did she? <laughs> oh, well, she was the lead singer and guitar player in Hole, but yeah, in Hole. But no. Okay, yeah. I I I don't think yet that Dave Grohl and her are on good terms. <laughs> oh, okay. Is this a Yoko Ono situation? Um, no, this is a... Some people still think she killed Kurt Cobain and framed it as a suicide because they were both on drugs. Whoa, I've never heard that. that oh, come theory. on, really? Uh-uh. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There are a lot of Nirvana fans from the 90s that, that hate her that think she killed him. D- now, now, I don't think that's ever had any sort of legal, like you know, evidence or anything, but I mean, supported, reportedly, supposedly, I think this is that he killed himself with a shotgun, which Uh is kind of hard to shoot yourself in the face with a shotgun. Was it in his face? I think it was in his In the front? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we're digging deep. I, I guess I've never heard that conspiracy theory, or maybe it's not conspiracy theory. I've not heard that um, claim. Yeah. Okay, so it's not it's not her, Courtney, some somebody, and the only thing I Courtney can think Love. of is Courtney Cox. Yeah, not no, Courtney it's Cox. Courtney Love. She's not dancing in the dark with yes. Bruce Springsteen. No. Yeah. Um, or in a fountain with some friends. Yeah. Okay, you know who this artist is? She was a guitarist in the Runaways, the main rhythm guitarist. Yeah, I can't think of who the Runaways are. Oh. When I hear Runaways, I think of the song Runaway. No. They did Cherry Bomb and 
what's their other song? It's probably they have another song that's more. They had another song that was more known than that. I think that you would know. Um, is she still this, singing? This person? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's older now, but she's still. And she's not. Yeah, this, that rock and roll hall of fame, fame thing was not too long ago. Maybe a few years ago. I can't remember. Um, her name is very alliterative, and is to me not an not her actual name would be my guess. Like a, I know this isn't the answer, but you're talking saying like Tanya Tucker, that kind of thing. Yeah, very much. And and yes, that is not the answer. <laughs> <laughs> this is a rock and roll chick. She's awesome. I really like her. Okay, is it the lady that? No. Okay, Joan Jett. Yes. Okay, I didn't know this she was in the Runaways. Be... It was Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, is what I know her as. Correct, but she was in the Runaways. She started out in the Runaways when they were like teenagers. Okay. So, um, yes, I'm pretty sure this is Joan Jett. I love rock and roll, and he was 17. Okay, I love rock and roll. Yeah, 1982. You're probably right. So I don't remember that line. There by the record machine. Na 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 na. He was 17. Na 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 na. So we can be alone. In some words that I don't know. Maybe all I know about Keeps that song is the on. chorus. Me, yeah, me singing. Okay. Well, that's the part I know. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that's what it is. We've uh, now well, spent twenty minutes on this question. <laughs> Number five. Finish this line. Uno dos one two blank blank nineteen sixty five. I'd, the only thing I can think of when I hear this now is the stupid Bono at the beginning of, I think it was Elevation, where he goes, Oh, yeah. Uno, dos, tres, catorce, or something. He says like 14 in there instead yes. of four. Yes. Which, which you know, um, this is, um, is this La Bamba? Well, 1965 would be... Probably not. No, he would have been... Uh, didn't they die before that? Um, we are showing that we know nothing about 60s music. Yeah. I, I don't... Was that in 59? That plane crash? Uh, you got me. Okay. I should probably Uno, know dos, that. one, two, trace, three. <laughs> That's my guess. Or one, two, three. I'm going to say Trace Quattro. Okay. Okay. Uno, dos, one, two, Trace Quattro. Okay. I don't know. Well, we'll just move on from there. Number six. <laughs> this could be any dumb song from the 60s. It could be. It, it might it's be. It's probably like Louie Louie. Yeah, it could be that too. Number six. In the film. In film, sorry. In film, mm-hmm. the Michael J. Fox character played this song, and he told his cousin about it. Name him. All right. Which okay, him do we this... want to name? Because we can name them all, I'm betting. Well, for, there's no year behind this, but are we talking about Back to the Future? Absolutely. And this is... Um, told his cousin about... In, okay, this is Name played, Him. I'm going to name all Johnny the Johnny Be Good, right? Correct. By who? Um... Oh, God. The guy that just passed away. Correct. Um, One of the Mount Rushmore yes, rock and roll Yes, members. why can't I think of his name? I don't know. Um, 
This is not good. Marty McFly. Um, Barry. Chuck Berry. Correct. And what was the guy on the phone who I always thought this was a overacting job and they should have gone back and redid it to make his pronunciation of his name more subtle because it's like almost like, hey, hey, you know, you're getting this right. You get the joke. You get what we're trying to do here when, yes, it's obvious what they're trying to do. You don't have to. He didn't have to enunciate it like that. And I think it's not his fault. I think it's the director who should have said, "Eh, maybe tone that down a little bit. Let's get a different take on that. Okay, I am not remembering that on the phone. It's your cousin, Marvin, Marvin Berry. Oh, okay. That always bugged me about that movie, even the first time I saw it. Who's, who said that? Marvin Berry. It's, it's what I believe is his fake cousin, Chuck Berry's cousin. Yeah, but who it's said that on the phone? It's the guy who cut his hand. That's Marvin oh, Berry. Oh, I see. He was saying it, okay, to Chuck Berry, he was to talk, the imaginary He's like, hey, Chuck, Chuck you got to hear this. It's your cousin, Marvin, Marvin Berry. Yeah, like, okay. you see what I'm doing here? Okay. Well, they wanted to make sure everybody got it. Well, here's the thing. Not everybody has to get everything. Yes. As evidenced and witnessed by us missing most of these. Right. Well, you know what? You need to appreciate the Easter egg. Not everyone will get the Easter egg. Yes. Not everyone it will even it... know what an Easter egg is, aside from, Absolutely. you know, Easter eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Easter eggs, have you ever done real Easter eggs where you boil the eggs, like actual eggs, and dye them with like the Paws, P-A-A-S Yeah, of kit, course. With the, like the little hook like the little yes, crappy the thing hook, that never yeah, works. Yeah, of course. That was never fun to me as a kid. I think I, I think I enjoyed it. I much prefer to just get like markers out and write on them. All the boiling, the dyes, and the stuff was never my thing. And then, or putting stickers on them. I think we dyed them. I don't know that we put stickers on them. Yeah, I put stickers and all kinds of stuff. And then we put them in a basket in the middle of the table. Decorative. We always hit them. And usually, most years, one would get lost and we would never find it. And we would smell it about two weeks later. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, we never hid those. um, We always had an elaborate Easter egg hunt with clues. And, um, you know, as we got older, the clues got harder and harder. And finally, Mm. when I was... I think we kept doing this till I was probably 16 or 17. And finally, my mom decided that she could no longer come up with clues that were hard enough. So then we stopped getting Easter egg baskets altogether. Nice. But yeah, we. so I grew up with difficult clues, um, including five or six different areas until you finally found your basket. So the peeps mm. were pretty much stale by the time I got to them. <laughs> My dad would just give me a $20 bill. Yeah, well, that's that's nice, too. But I appreciated yes. the adventure. Yeah. Um, so, Marvin Berry, this is Marvin obviously Berry. Back to the Future, the first one. Yes. Or you could also say the third one, because I don't know if this exact scene shows up, but I think you can hear him saying it in the background, like when they go back to, back to, the, they go to the future to get back to, the, or is that the second one? Which one where they go that they replay that scene again? I really don't think I ever saw three. Three is the Wild West, so it's got to be number two. It's got to be in number two where okay. they show that scene, that same scene from different angles and like different perspectives. Yeah, I like think that dance. was two. Enchantment under the sea. Yes, 
But the question is, I've seen name, this movie way name him, not the name of the movie. So I think we're okay. Yeah, Marvin Berry. Marvin and Berry. either Back to the Future 1. It's Back to the Future 1 and 2, I believe, and Marvin Berry. Okay. And if he wants, if the him is, you know, Michael J. Fox character, it's Marty McFly. Yeah. Or okay, we, AKA what? Calvin Klein. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. Oh, what a great movie. It's a really movie. good movie. Mm-hmm. The third Number- one is, uh, but, you know, it's still not terrible. I don't think I'll go back and see number three. No. It's sort of like The Matrix. It's sort of like The Matrix? Yeah. You should watch one, and most of two is okay, but never, ever, ever, ever watch Matrix 3. (laughs) No problem there. I'm not. I don't have any desire. Yeah, when my kids get old enough to like that, because it's, you know, kind of violent in some spots, but it's not a terrible movie. So maybe when my kids are, you know, young teenagers... I'm going to do a show them the first one all the way through because that's a that's a still a great movie. And then take the second one and edit it and cut it and make my own cut of it to show them and say and that's the end and pretend and never acknowledge to them that there's a third one. Cuz there is some awesome stuff in the second one effects-wise and if you end it before they go back and he like discovers he can like control the machines. If you just end it right there, when he saves Trinity at the end of the second one, it kind of wraps it all up and done, and that could be the end of it. Yeah, but then your kids will be spouting out about how awesome the ending of Matrix 2 was, and people will be like, what are you talking about? And I can tell them this is my own non-director cut of the movie. <laughs> okay, non-director's cut. I like that. The real, it's the real version. The version that should have been out there. Well, I'd like to see that because I haven't seen Matrix 2. Oh, there's some awesome spots in there. I mean, some of the CGI doesn't hold up very well, you know, 20 years, or not 20 years, 10 years later, 15 years later, whatever it is. Because it was like, the first one came out in 99. um, And that thing blew me away the first time I saw it. Not only from a, it's a cool story. I mean, it's it's been done before, that kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. just the way they did it. But some of the camera shots and the way that they did stuff, and not even just like the bullet time stuff, but some of the other stuff, you know, it influenced and it changed how a lot of movies were made for like the next few years after that and how people viewed that kind of stuff, action movies. Um, so it's, it really, I mean, it's an important milestone, I think, in action filmmaking. I will go back and watch Matrix 1 because I don't remember hardly any of it. But when you finish the non-director's cut of Matrix 2, send it to me so I don't have to waste my time sure. with the actual Matrix 2. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because there's a scene at the end of the third one that I would like take and put in there to like kind of wrap it all up. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, well, let me so know me when you that. finish that. Okay. All right, number seven. I don't think I am going to get these from here on out. They're all in the 60s, except for one is in the 70s. Any, anyway, number seven. What kind of quote... Girls really knock me out, unquote, 1968. Um, See, I thought this was the Beach Boys. Which song? California Girls. I don't remember that line, Girls. I don't think so because I looked. I just looked at number eight. Eight, yeah. That you're and probably eight right. is the Beach Boys, California Girls. Okay, so number seven is three years later. So number eight is, should I just say what number eight is? We'll just do yes. this together. Number eight. Yes. What kind of girls 
quote, keep their boyfriends warm at night with the way they kiss. 1965. So you're saying I'm say, that that's Beach Boys, California Girls is number the, eight, 1965. For the song and the artist, yes, but the what's what kind of girls do you know that California lyric? girls? No. Mm-mm. Okay. I think it's boyfriends. the Northern girls with the way they key, kiss keep their boyfriends warm at night. So Northern girls is what I'm saying for number eight. Okay, Northern girls. Yep. Okay, 1965. So three years later, what kind of mm-hmm. girls really knock me out? Those I don't know. really knock me out. Hmm. I don't know either. Again, we're in the 60s when, you know, way before our time, before yeah. we were alive. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't know the answer to number seven, although it feels like I should. Like I, yeah, that, I think that it's going to be, I think is, a lot of these are going to be obvious. Yeah. Once we read, I mean, we're going to know the answers once we hear the answers. It's a stupid yes. thing to say, but I think we're, I think we're going to be like, oh yeah, we should have gotten that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Girls really knock me out. Uh, that sounds like I should know that line. Correct. But I think I've gotten thrown, I've gotten in my head about Beach Boys because yeah. I read number eight yep. accidentally when I was reading seven. And mm-hmm. so I've, we're th- I've, that's all I can think about now. Okay, well, let's go to number nine. This is from 1963, so we're going backwards here. Uh, Yep. About whom was it said... In many ways, we're going backwards. (laughs) Yeah. About whom was it said, quote, I've been waiting for you. I want to marry you too, unquote. About whom was it said? I have no idea. No, me either. Okay, let's go to number 10. I really hope one of these is not Rhinestone Cowboy. (laughs) <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay, number 10. I think we might get this if we work on it together. Okay. Where do you find yourselves among, quote, lovers, muggers, and thieves, unquote, 1966? Is this a Stones? Maybe. I'm not big on the Rolling Stones. I don't know many, much of their stuff. I was never a big Rolling Stones fan. I don't know much of their stuff either, but... Does lovers, muggers, and thieves ring any bell with you? No, because it makes me think of gypsies, tramps, and thieves, which is Cher. Yes. In the seventies, I think. And that's yes, that's, I have that's actually done that I, jingle. Yeah, and I've got that in my head now, and so this, I'm never going to get this. Okay, well, me either, but I'll stick with the Stones. But the answer, the answer, it doesn't help because it's not the question. Where do you find, do you yourselves, find yourselves among them? I don't know. All right. Number 11. Who, quote, saw Aunt Mary coming and ducked back in the alley, unquote, 1956. Oh, I know this one. Okay. Duck back in the alley. No, that's not it. (laughs) (laughs) That was Paul Simon call me out. (laughs) Yeah. No. That was not 1956. No. I wonder if this is. I was going to be impressed. I wonder if this is Wake Up Little Susie. Okay. 1956 Everly Brothers. Any, is there any, um, any, any rationalization why? as to why you would pick that? <laughs> because Wake Up Little Susie, they, you know, they weren't supposed to, they fell asleep. They weren't supposed to spend the night together. They might be getting in trouble. They saw Aunt Mary coming, and they ducked That's a very salacious song. Yeah, it is, especially it's for the It's not 50s. nearly as innocent as you think when you hear it. Yeah. Right. 
that's most music though. If you really go back and look at the lyrics and read what it's about, it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what? Oh yeah, definitely. This was out in the sixties and seventies. Are you kidding? Very, very um, risque. Risque, but also just hidden, Easter eggy. Not even really hidden if you go back and read the lyrics. Stuff that I listened to in the 70s and 80s, especially the 80s growing up. I remember up, you telling me about that. That I didn't like, think anything whoa. about. And then I go back and I'm like, wait a minute. That's yeah. what that means? Because yeah. when you're, you know, eight, nine years old, you don't know. No. Just looking for a beat and a rhythm. Yeah. So I, okay, I'm well, going with you on this because I, I don't even have a single guess. Well, my guess is atrocious, but let's go with it. <laughs> it's better than mine, which is nothing. <laughs> yeah. Number you got 12. more chance. You, you, I got more chance. You fell 100% of the things when you don't answer. So. Exactly. Okay, we I'm got two more. Answer. Number right. 12. On what road are you, quote, stepping out over the line, unquote, 1973? I'm going to guess it says road. Yes. I have no idea. <laughs> you were going to guess something in that. Now you're not going to guess at all. You just said I'm trying to think of I'm failed. trying to think of of uh, roads in songs, mm-hmm. and the only thing that comes to mind is Route 66, and I don't think that's in the 60s. Yeah, that's definitely a 60s song. Maybe in a, yeah, maybe um, in the 50s. Is this road. a Grateful Dead song? Maybe. I don't know much Grateful Dead either, except for their main main stuff mainly, like. I don't go very. I don't go many deep cuts on the Grateful no, Dead. No, me either. But stepping out over the line, over the line, sweet Jesus, one step over the line. Isn't that great, Grateful Dead? I have no idea. You could have just made that up. <laughs> well, you, you could have told it, me, "Hey, I just wrote this song." I'd have been like, "Hey, it sounds good." Even if it was Grateful Dead, I don't think I know the answer to the name of the road. So let's go to number thirteen, last one. Nineteen sixty-three. Where do all the hippies meet? Woodstock. <laughs> that would be my guess. Yeah. But wouldn't Woodstock in nineteen sixty-nine? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so not Woodstock. Where do all the hippies meet? I have no idea. Greenwich Village. Um, with Aunt Mary in the back alley. Yeah. Okay, should we reveal these answers? Yeah, because I have no idea. you and me and Those last three or four, I'm like, who knows? Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. I got number one. Here's number one. Nice. Yeah. T-Bird. Hey, I got the name of the song. Fun, fun, fun. Fun, fun, fun. That was a good teamwork on that one. Yeah, it was. Number two, the flatbed Ford, Take It Easy Eagles. Yep, we both got that. Yep. Number three. Jack and Diane, Jack and mm-hmm. Diane, John Cougar Mellencamp, or John Cougar, or John Mellencamp. John Cougar. I'm pretty sure it was Cougar in 82. Yeah, I, I have, I don't, I no longer remember that trivia. He mm-hmm. hated John Cougar. That was a marketing decision. I know that. Yes. Okay, number four, you are correct. Joan Jett, 17. Or mm-hmm. about 17. About 17. He was just I about love 17. rock and roll. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good job. You were right. Trace Quattro. Uno, dos, one, two, Trace Quattro. Mm-hmm. Oh, Wooly Bully. Yeah. That, wooly I knew. Bully. I, 
I knew it was something ridiculous. Like that's why I said this is going to be like. Um, uh, I can't remember the name of the song. I said, "What's it? What's it?" Uh, you said um, Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh, what song? No, I said like it's going to be like Louis. Wild Thing. Louis Louis. I think you said. Yeah, Louis Louis. That's it. I was said it was going to be something like that, which is basically all these songs are the same to me. So it's Uno Dos, One Two, Trace Quattro, Wooly Bully. Mm-hmm. Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. I've never heard yeah. of them. I do know what. Oh Willy, yeah, I've no, I've heard of Wooly Bully, but I didn't know the. Yeah, the, Sam the, the Sham and the Pharaohs. Okay, number six was about Michael J. Fox character, which is indeed was Marvin Berry, mm-hmm. Johnny B. Good, Chuck Berry. So the, yep. that's the name of the song and the artist. Okay. What kind of girls really knock me out from 1968? We should have, we gotten, should this have gotten this one. The answer is Ukraine Girls. Back in the USSR by the Beatles. By the Beatles, yeah. We should have gotten that one. Definitely. Uh, number eight, what kind of girls keep their boyfriends warm at night with the way they kiss? The answer you got was Northern Girls from the Beach Boys, California Girls. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, number nine, about whom was it said, I've been waiting for you, I want to marry you too? Um, Paul. And mm-hmm. the song was Hey Paula by mm-hmm. Paul and Paula. Never heard yes, of them. which I remember. I remember that. Do you? It's a terrible song. It's a duet where they're like calling back and forth to each other. You need to go listen to that and see how awful it is. Okay. Okay. Number 10, I was incorrect about lovers, muggers, and thieves being the Rolling Stones. So where do you find yourselves among lovers, muggers, and thieves? The answer is on the banks of the River Charles. Mm-hmm. Dirty Water is the song mm-hmm. by the Standells. Mm-hmm. Isn't this the song that they play Bob Ryan in on Tony's show sometimes? Yes. It yes. is. That's why uh-huh. I know Lovers, Muggers, and Thieves, I bet. Yes. I I never would have pulled that, though, that lyric no. from it. If you if they'd have played, if we see, this is another case of we'd, if we'd have heard like a clip of the song audio, yes. I think we would have gotten it. Yes. Okay, number 11 is definitely not the Everly Brothers' Wake Up Little Susie. <laughs> it was a good guess. <laughs> well, 1956, I bet you that song is around that time, 1956 to 1958. That's my I'm guess. I'm going to say it's 1951. Oh, okay. Well, we'll have to look that up after this. Yeah, I'll look it up while you... Okay. So Uncle John saw Aunt, Aunt Mary coming and ducked back in the alley. The, the, the name of the song was Long Tall Sally by Little Richard, also covered by the Beatles. Hmm. I can just see Brad Weiss fuming right now that we're Probably. not getting these Beatles... Probably. Uh, and among, you know, just other things in general that we're oh, saying that are wrong. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, number 12. I guess, you know what? This this artist did pop in my head, but I, I didn't realize. Okay, so here's the question. On what road are you stepping out over the line? I guess mm-hmm. Grateful Dead, 1973. The answer is Highway 9, and it's from Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. And I didn't remember yes. that... Born to Run was that late. I mean, that early, 1973. Yes. Because yes. I did think about Bruce Springsteen. Actually, Thunder Road is what I thought of. But <laughs> I didn't think it was 73. It was definitely be, to, not Grateful Dead. No, but to be fair, the only lyrics I can understand in that entire song are Tramps Like Us, Baby, We Are Born to Run. Yes, right. It's a lot of... <laughs> so, I mean... 
Um, that's not that's not anything to do with Bruce Springsteen. That's because you know, it's just too old for me. That's I, the year that I was born, actually. Yeah. Okay. Nineteen seventy. See, I would if you were to ask me when would born when did Born to Run come out, I would have guessed no earlier than seventy nine. I would have probably said seventy five because I knew it was mid to early seventies, but seventy three. Yeah, that's kind of early. I really like that song. You know, I'm yeah. starting to listen to Bruce Springsteen more, and I still agree Good. with you that Nebraska is the is my favorite album. Yes, but none of his major hits are on Nebraska. Mm-mm. That's that's the whole point. Exactly, but you know, so my point is that I really do like Nebraska. I listen to it a fair amount, but I feel like I miss. There are many of his songs that I really like that are not on Nebraska, so I really need to be just listening to greatest hits of Bruce Springsteen because a lot of his songs I really like. My problem with Bruce Springsteen is when I was of the age of really starting to get into listening to music that I can remember, like early 80s, mid 80s, he had Glory Days and... um, Dancing uh, in the... Dancing in Born the Dark? In the, and Born in the USA. No, Dancing okay. in the Dark was an okay song. Born in the USA and Glory Days, which I, I could not stand either one of those songs. Born in the USA, I didn't like. Glory Days, I don't mind. See, it's not one I, of my favorites of his, but... At that time, I didn't realize he was also being subversive in a lot of those lyrics. Oh, yeah. Born in the USA is not Satirical. what people thought about. No. And so I was like, this sucks. What are you talking about? I, I couldn't stand either of those songs and so i did i was like bruce springsteen sucks yeah until like you made up early your mind 90s when i was like let me go back and listen to this stuff and i heard nebraska and i was like oh this is this is much different and to be honest the reason i went back and listened to it is because raging Against the machine covered a bruce springsteen song oh really yes and i was like oh this is bruce springsteen's song i don't know that let me go listen to the original to see you know how much better rage against the machine made it was my <laughs> attitude then and i was like no Actually, the Bruce, Springsteen, the Bruce Springsteen song is actually really good, too. And then it got me into listening to him, and I was like, oh, wow, he's awesome. I just yeah. wish, I just happened to hit my, you know, my age, at my age, I just happened to hit the exact wrong time to get to start listening to him, not knowing, oh, he's being satirical about this. Yeah, I didn't know either, and I mostly ignored him. I the, the entire time when you know music is most influential in your life, I pretty much ignored him. Same here. Yeah. Um, speaking of born in the USA, Cougar Mellencamp didn't he have a USA song too that was misconstrued? Um, um I think uh, Small Town. Small and Town Little or Pink Houses Little are Pink both houses, satirical. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And people didn't. People. No. Still don't get it. Which or is, ain't I, that America? Know. Ain't that America? Which song is yeah, that? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. He's very similar in that in that thing where if you just listen to the surface, you're like you don't if right. you don't read into it and really see what he feels about stuff. And I think he's actually more um, genuine in a lot of that stuff than Springsteen is. Mm-hmm. And and not that Springsteen's not genuine, really genuine in a lot of his other stuff. But I don't think Cougar Mellencamp or John Cougar, as I like to call him, you know, surprise. I learned of him as John Cougar. I call yeah. him John Cougar. This is a you know, his mama named him Clay. I'm gonna call him Clay situation. <laughs> so, Coming to America. Yes. So I, I, I think his mama named him Clay. I'm gonna call him Clay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> one of the 
one of the few non-Eddie Murphy Arsenio Hall played parts in that movie. That's right. It was the other guy in the barbershop besides those two. Yes. I can't remember who that guy is. You're right. Yep. Little short um, guy with a yeah, bald head guy. on the top, but he had, uh, you know, the side kind of like Kornheiser's yes. hair, the side hair, yeah. <laughs> the side hair. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Uh, an extended, ex- extended um, sideburn. The horseshoe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it's called either. The <laughs> the sort of fryer tuck. Yes, the side hair. Side hair yes. covers it. There you go. Side hair. That's, what were you saying, by the way? Sorry. I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's give <laughs> the answer. 13. Number 13. Yeah. Where do all the hippies meet? Well, they meet on South Street. And the name of the song is also South Street by the, uh, by the uh, is it the Orions or Orlons? Orlons. <laughs> I literally heard, have no idea. I've never heard of any of this. Um, I've Probably if you played the song for me, I would be like, yeah, that's kind of familiar. But just looking at the words means nothing to me. No, me either. So there were 13, and I think we got... Most of them. Yeah, most of them. Okay, now what's the Good answer enough. to Everly Brothers? Uh, 1958, so you were right. Boom. Where was that question, Ed? <laughs> Where was that question? <laughs> Thank yeah, you, We Ed. should have been able to guess the dates on these. Yes, thanks. That, yeah, was, that, was, that, was, that was good. That was fun. It was good, and it did a great job of exposing our lack of knowledge for the 50s and 60s music. Yes, absolutely, which is always fun. You know, we're so always, people can laugh yeah, at us. That's fine. They're all going to laugh at you. They're all going to laugh at you. Uh-oh, I don't know that one. Okay, well. I know that's not from Coming to America. <laughs> no, that is not from Coming to America. Okay. Gilligan, help Gilligan get off the island is not happening right there. You're, you're on your own trying to figure that one out. You go look it up. Okay, they're all going to laugh at you. All right. They're all going to laugh at you. <laughs> South Park? No. Okay. I should stop getting... The quiz is over. Yes. I don't need to get any more answers wrong. (laughs) Me either. Okay. All right. Until next time, it's Make Us Look Foolish. If you'd like to send in a quiz to Make Us Look Foolish, please do so. We'd appreciate it. (laughs) Yes, we would. That really was fun, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually got more than I I thought I was going to get. We did about what I expected on that, knowing it was music from the 60s and 70s um, i was mostly. thankful for the few 80s songs that that he threw in there absolutely and we we should be embarrassed for not getting the two beatles songs yeah but you know what it's hard when you don't hear it very true very true do we have a guest on the show this week answer no or yes it's a binary thing do we have a guest do we have a guest answer no or yes um no Hey, we want to say thanks for listening to our podcast. So, I guess I just said it. If you'd like to give us feedback, you can reach us on Twitter at SpeakTangents, via email at speakingoftangentspodcast at gmail.com, or visit our website, speakingoftangents.com. There's some stuff on there, I think. I haven't been there in a while. I don't really know. Oh, and there's a Snapchat and something called Facebook, Snapface, whatever. So do we have any feedback this week? Well, yes, we do have feedback. And 
you know, thanks again to everyone who sends us feedback. We we do Absolutely. love hearing from you, so keep it up. Keep them coming. Yes. Mm-hmm. So here's a snippet of feedback from last from last week. And I'll start with uh, Nosy, Louis Nosy from Twitter. Mm-hmm. At the, the Louis Nosy, Nosy in 140. Now, this is about our episode with Gary Braun. Okay. Um, Dookie on a golf course. <laughs> at Braun Film. <laughs> oh, that was the dog. The, yeah, I think I the said. Dog conversation what if he before. takes a dookie? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. At Braun Film Kills. Mm-hmm. What the French. Yeah. And uh, he, he included a picture of a cute little golden retriever puppy laying on the green with his nose in the hole, the, the golf nice. hole. Yeah. Nice. And speaking of what the French, Michelle Miller at ER Nurse MEN tweeted us. She said, I actually use the term what the French today rather than my typical WTF. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I used what I saw a commercial this week for what the French mm-hmm. not just a not just internet but a commercial what was that was that ihop ihop like on tv yeah on tv yeah yeah i i have to admit that i actually went and ate at or got food from welcome to delicious i i knew recently. that yes yes I, I didn't go get it because i refused to, to hear that but you know i'll eat the food but that somebody eat it? brings me okay oh yeah All right. it's not bad but it's that place is crazy expensive for hamburgers and french fries through a drive-through. It absolutely is ex- it's really expensive. That's why you got to get the expensive. Yeah, you got to get the kids meal. Be. Really? Yeah, the kids meal is the way to do it. Hmm. It's All right. You get a hamburger, you get fries, and you get um a scoop of ice cream and it's all for like 5 or 6 bucks. But does that is that enough food for somebody who's not kid-sized? It's enough for me. I said somebody who's not <laughs> kid-sized. Uh, I set you up for that one, right down the plate. Yeah. I think it's enough food, but it probably wouldn't be okay. for you. Well, if we go back there again, I will definitely try that. Yeah, try the kids' meal. All right. So on our, you know, our, I guess our divergence last week from our typical nonsense when mm-hmm. we talked about Charlottesville. Yes. Jenny Robbins at Robbins underscore Jenny tweeted, Great social commentary this week. This song always rings true, but definitely in these times. And she included um, a a link to I Hate Hate, a song called I Hate Hate. Mm -hmm. Which I had had never heard before. I hadn't either. Razzie somebody. Do we remember the name of the guy? Razzie? Not right off the top of my head. No. So th- thank you, Jenny. Yes, it was um, very cool. Dr. Garrett Schumann at G-A-R-R-T mm-hmm. said, I think um, CNN should dump Saliza and have you two do domestic and international political analysis. <laughs> <laughs> that may be okay. Just don't have us do history. Right. Or music, <laughs> because... 50s and 60s music. Music history, yeah, yeah. Any, or any kind of history, yeah. Anything, anything before like nineteen seventy-five, maybe not. But yeah, in you know, current geopolitical analysis, yeah. sure, why not? Why not? Yes, definitely, <laughs> why not? And we should also we couldn't be any worse than some of the people out there. That's for sure. I'm not saying Saliza is one of those. I'm just saying 
we could, some of the people there there is some there are some terrible analysts out there who make terrible you know uh points about stuff <laughs> speaking of making terrible points, points about, about stuff, stuff. <laughs> i'm making terrible points about stuff and things <laughs> okay um and we should say thanks to James Cunningham. He sent us a nice note about us bringing up Charlottesville. So thanks, James. Yes, that's very nice. Thank you. Um, on our one-year anniversary last week, Matthew oh, yeah. Vogel at Vogel Matt, I think he summed it up pretty well. He said, I've been listening to this nonsense for a year. Wow, that says something, <laughs> but I'm not sure what. And, and did you notice that he used three question marks and three exclamation points? Oh, I noticed. Okay. Which I, I, I'm sure was intentional and I appreciated. Yes. Okay, from a stat young man at Luke Overby, mm-hmm. uh, he g- gave us some clarifications about the birthday paradox uh, that you yes. mentioned and the probability of rolling at least one pair with a six with six twenty sided die. Mm-hmm. And so he clarified some of that for us. He said. Chances of two of 23 people having the same birthday is just about 50-50, not 76%. Nice. Mm-hmm. He said it takes 50 people to get to 97%. And the probability of rolling at least one pair with six 20-sided dice is 56.4. Pretty close, mm. Jason. Very nice. And speaking of Ed Budd earlier, he, he sent a tweet. You do realize, don't you? That seventy-eight point six percent of all statistics are made up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can make statistics say whatever you want. Basically, is what I'm saying. Yep, and you can add. You know, it works better if you do add a point something. Seventy-eight yes, point great, six. Yes, great like point by a young stat stat young man who said uh, add in you know decimal points or don't give rounded numbers, and it makes you seem like you know you talk you. It gives more authority to what you're saying and more credibility to yes. whatever you're putting out there. So, hey, it's, I always roll with that. Even if you don't know what you're talking about, make it seem like you know what you're talking about. Right. Just add, you know, add things like 78.6, like Luke said. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just say it with authority. There's probably a 68.4% chance percent chance that that is correct. Yeah. I think it's more like sixty-eight point eight percent. That's you know that's within the statistical you know tolerance. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of history and us being yes. not so good at it, <laughs> Adam Benson clarified at Benson underscore the comic, Archduke Franz Ferdinand death started World War One. Mm-hmm. Archduke of Austria. I think I said Hungary or Prussia. <laughs> and it's Austria. Austria, okay. I actually, but hey, I did remember that when he tweeted us, uh-huh. Franz Ferdinand. Yes, and I got half of that right, so fifty-fifty. Yeah, or should I say, down to fifty-fifty. Fifty point two. Yeah. Percent. Yeah. Okay, on my vacation to the BWCA Boundary Waters, BWCAW, whatever you want to call it. Yes. Or as as Jen Babish. At JBAB Sports Chick said, Well, Buffalo Alice's vacation sounded like hell. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, Mosquitoes, mud, canoeing, no shower, latrine, not so great. Yeah, I can't can't argue with that, to be honest. Well, there were others that also felt that way. Jenny Robbins also said, Most of us are clearly not campers, portages, 
I've already forgotten the fancy name for a padded seat, which was Crazy Creek. She said it was great, but no mention of fun. <laughs> That's a good point. And she's right. I don't know that I said it was fun. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. And it you sounded s- like, I, I assumed that you had fun. I did. And you said at Judo Fuse, I could do without the bears or, you know, the nature. Yes. And I, I think that was a response serious? to you saying something about the bear bay. hiding the food from the bears. Yeah. Yeah. You don't like nature. You don't like, you're just saying everything is awesome earlier. You don't oh, like to I be outside. Nature. I like to observe it from the comfort of my air conditioned <laughs> home. We live in 2017 in America. <laughs> America. I know that there are people around the world who, you know, are not as fortunate in, you know, a lot of a lot of ways technology wise or um, you know, in how living conditions certainly I I appreciate and very thankful for the living conditions we have most of us in, you know, America. So I hey, I'm I'm going to take advantage of it. Okay. Well, not everyone thought it sounded awful. Frank Smith at TPT Frank said, let me review this. Being outside near the water and no cell reception. Sounds great. Sounds like my life during the 60s, 70s, and 80s. The the no cell reception, yes. So Mm -hmm. it's technology is the two-edged sword of it's awesome and it sucks. Yep, I agree with that. And Luke Overby, our stat young man, said the whole thing sounded great. I've never been, but would love to go to the BWCAW, but he, w- he says, I wouldn't pack more than 35 pounds a person. See, I can agree with that. Well, let me That's just also... say, Luke, I didn't. My bag wasn't. But, you know, when you're sharing, <laughs> I would just leave yes. that right there. Yep. And Jeff Kenton at J. Kenton said, I was jealous. Love the BWCAW. So it's we're about 50-50 on people who thought it was awesome and people who thought it was a nightmare. Well, I think it's more like 50.2. I can roll with that. Okay, here's a little food. Facebook, from Facebook, Michael T. Dean, also known as mm-hmm. Mike from Burke, Virginia. He shared a link with us, and he said, just leaving this here, and it was an article for Oreo-flavored M&M's. And it says, Oreo-flavored M&M's will be here for Halloween. Uh, guess what the name of the M&M's are? Something stupid, I'm sure. Cookies and Scream. Hey, I was right. Scream. S-C-R-E-E-E-M. Yeah. You know, I could have almost went, eh, that's, you know, whatever. I, I could have been 50-50 on that, but the extra E's in Scream. Right. Um, no. I don't, I don't want these. No. If I want to eat Oreo flavored M&M's, I'm putting Oreos and M&M's in my mouth at the same time. <laughs> yeah, but you don't want that, do you? you they don't go together. Mm, it's chocolate and candy and, you know, chocolate cookies and cream filling, maybe. I guess my that problem is work. that M&M's are, you, we've already been over this, M&M's, I only really like the originals and I'd rate mm. them at a six at best. They're not my favorite candy. So why would I eat an Oreo-flavored M&M when I could just go get an Oreo? You know what? I I can see that. I'm willing to, you know, take on the challenge and try this and, you know, really put myself out there and take one for the team on this one and eat a bunch of Oreos and M&Ms this week and report back. That would be great. I'd love to hear that because okay. you might change my mind. Maybe it would be yeah. excellent. Yeah. Um, now, Kim Wilson 
at Kim, W-I-L-L-S, 33, said, Finally, all caught up with speaking tangents. Feels so good that I can hashtag join the conversation, hashtag welcome to nonsense, which I like. <laughs> I like that second one, yes. Yeah. I'm a firm... <laughs> Go ahead. What were you going to say? Our lawyers will be in touch. Our intern lawyers yes, will be in welcome touch, to too, nonsense. I about love it. Uh, our use of that to see if we can, you know, co-op that and use it if you if she doesn't mind, because yes, it's good. Yeah. She also says, I'm a firm double stuff believer. No fancy flavors. I hate watermelon. Love peeps. Love pasties. That might be a Michigan thing, though. She said. So I think yeah, she. Yeah, I'm starting to think that's a regional yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's that's. Except for the hating watermelon, you know, I I can let the double stuff, you know, stuff slide. I can it's, let the pasties slide. Everything else, I agree with. Yeah. Welcome to the conversation. Yes. And speaking AKA of... AKA nonsense. Speaking of pasties and also, you know, QE, did I tell uh-huh. you that two people yesterday who don't listen to this podcast were telling me about pasties? Just at random? At random. That's crazy. I was talking to my my aunt, not the, my crazy aunt, the one that, you know, occasionally will tell us you know, give us mm-hmm. feedback and stuff. This is my aunt so out in Montana. This is non crazy aunt. And I, she, I was just chatting with her, and she said that she was talking about how her kids were going to bring her supper, and she said, and mm-hmm. uh, they're going to bring pasties. And I was like, Are you kidding me? I've never talked about pasties to anyone in my entire life until this podcast. To you know, yep. in the last two weeks, I didn't yep. even know how to pronounce it. Except for the Hall of Famer's sister who let us know that it's not pasty. Yes. It's it's amazing how the universe works. I'm telling you, everything is awesome. And still nobody is happy most of the time. Yeah, everything is awesome. <laughs> yes. I, I, w- I would say that, you know, that's happened to me too recently because, um, you know, last week we ended the show with, uh, instead of doing an Amazon review, we did the, read the jury selection quotes from the Martin Screlly trial. Yes. And John on John Oliver's show just this past Sunday, uh, most recent episode, after our podcast came out, um, they did that to end the show. They had a dramatic reading with like some of the court illustrations to end, end his show. So it's... Really? Yeah. It's, it's strange how that stuff works. It, and I mean... Yeah, it is strange. And the same thing happened with... Um, Oh, I was listening to Larry Wilmore's po- podcast. I don't know if you've ever listened to that. It's called Black on Air. It's part of The Ringer. Um, yes. And he was saying similar things about Charlottesville as that we were saying last week, as was John Heilman on the TK Pop-Up podcast this Monday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not like what we were saying was rocket science, but there was quite a bit of similarities. Hey, well, I mean, you know, I am trained in rocket science. Yes, so, so maybe it was rocket anything science. Anything I say is rocket science, yeah. And, you know... <laughs> Anything I say through is rocket science through osmosis. Yeah, association. Through association, yeah. So yes, but the associated principle. And yeah, I agree that with you. I mean, it wasn't like we're you know coming up with something brand new take on this right. stuff. So, but yeah, it is. It is. It is cool to hear and see things like that happening because we've talked about this a lot before. Where mm-hmm. we'd be in a store and hear a song that we talked about that you know. We hadn't heard or talked about a song in 20 years, right. and then we talk about it on the podcast, and a day later, I'm walking to the grocery store, and they just happen to be playing this random song yeah. over the PA that it's like, wait a minute. 
I know, it's crazy. Oh, and Anne Hornaday recommended the same Glenn Campbell. You know, they did a, you know, Melancholy Happy Trails on the Arch and Anne at the Movies mm-hmm. podcast. And so they... Oh, for when he passed for, away For recently, Glenn yeah. Campbell, yeah. And so, and mm-hmm. Anne Hornaday, same day that, that we were recommending, I recommended that documentary. Um, and so did she. And this, this one was called... I called it, it. I gave it the incorrect name. Hers was actually, you know, thought through, and but the name of the um, the documentary I think is called Glenn Campbell. I'll be me. I think I called it This Is Me or something. But oh, you know, okay. just those types of things where you're everything seems to be connected. Yes, everything is connected and awesome. In addition to being awesome, yeah. yes, everything is connected. And it's only when we really open our eyes and pay attention to things that are a little bit deeper than the surface and what we see every day that we start to see those connections and we see the awesome. And I think the reason why this stuff happens is it brings those things to the surface of our brain. It's exactly what I've described Mm -hmm. before when I talk about you're driving on the road and you don't pay attention to what cars and you buy a new car. Yes. And then you feel like you see 400 of those a day. That you never, you're like, well, all of a sudden, no, it's always been there. It's just we're not seeing mm-hmm. it. We have our eyes closed or focused on so many other things that we're missing the awesome around us every single day. And this is kind of what I, the point I was trying to make before about we live in the middle and we have to because you can't live on a mountaintop and you can't live in a valley all the time. You know, you, you will either stress out or freak out or, you know, it just our brains aren't meant to handle that constant highest of highs or lowest or lows we need to be in the middle somewhere yeah it's healthy to be in the middle correct but we often tend to miss out on some of the awesome ordinary quote-unquote ordinary things that happen every day and overlook it it's not that the stuff is not happening it's just we miss it if we don't pay attention to it it's the ferris bueller quote that is a actually a good life lesson It, it is it's the Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Yeah. Which is true. And it is true. we tend to go through life focused on our own things. And you have to. Because here's the thing if you don't focus on what you need to handle on a daily basis, sometimes it's not going to get handled. And it's bad if the majority of stuff you you were responsible for doesn't get handled. <laughs> yes. Like, you yes. know, if I don't feed my kids, that's a problem. Yeah, that is a problem. <laughs> and bathe the, and make sure they bathe, that's a problem. But. Some stuff we have to let go every now and then and just open our eyes to the awesome, amazing stuff every single day that's happening. And it's this is a stop and smell. The, I, this brought this podcast brought to you by cliches. Yeah. It's the stop and smell the roses. It's, you know, don't be so focused on what you're doing that you miss out on awesome stuff and you only take a break on these, you know, once in a lifetime eclipse or, you know, a holiday, that kind of thing. Take some time every day or every week to go, wow, this is really cool. I need to live in this moment. It's my same theory yeah. about stop worrying about taking pictures and documenting and putting it on Facebook and doing all this stuff and enjoy, enjoy it. Yep. the moment. That's what I did last week in the Boundary Waters. It was fabulous. And that's awesome. Yeah. Yes. And that's the awesome part of that trip to me is that you couldn't do that. You couldn't, you'd had no cell phone reception. So even if you're taking pictures, you're just taking pictures for yourself. You right. know, you may post them later and that's awesome and great. But you're really just living in that moment more than anything else. And I, I think that's what those kind of trips, like I've actually done it before. I think we talked about this when we were talking about, you know, uh, fasting and, you know, 
going days without eating or changing our diet earlier this year mm-hmm. um, where I've gotten away from all media like for yes. seven days. And that's, it's, it's really tough great. at first, yeah. but it's great. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, don't get caught up in the minutia is basically kind of what you're saying. You have to take That's care right. of certain things, but there are some things you yes. could let go and just go outside yes. and look. Let it go, yes. let it go. Yes. I don't what, know any other words to that song. What other um, what other cliches could we come up with here? Um, be yourself. That's all that you can do. Yeah. <laughs> That's another song, Live one day way. at a time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, well, let's let's segue from cliches to puns. Oh, okay. Ed Budd at EDB nineteen forty seven. He sent mm-hmm. us a um, a tweet from someone named Mike Tadow at Tad Mike, who Tadow. Tad, yeah, Tadow, and he sent us this tweet. It was about mm-hmm. uh, it was about the eclipse. Okay. At the doctor's office. Doctor. It's like a little skit, basically. So this Mike Tadow is at the doctor's office. Doctor. Yeah, I see these tweets all the time where it's like, me, yeah. you, yeah. or yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the doctor says, you looked at sun. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Do you want to do this? Do you want to do this like a play? Yeah. Who, who do you want to be? Okay. Um, I'll be me. You be the doctor. Okay. You looked at the sun without protective eyewear? Well, I used a colander. I'm going to look at your eyes now. <laughs> it says it says doctor examines eyes. I can't really well, act that That's that a good out. improv. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just go with it. Go with it. Keep going. Uh, yep. I used a colander. Okay. Well, let me have a look. Yep. They're strained. <laughs> yep. That's about the reaction I had to that. To which I replied... Severely strained. Yeah, yeah. I w- <laughs> I love. I read that, that as severely. I know, but you know, it's a sieve. Like a sieve. Yeah, I call it a sieve. No, it's sieve. Sieve. Haven't you ever heard the hockey chants where the goalie lets you know? I think it's more than three or four goals, and the crowd starts going sieve, sieve, sieve. They don't say sieve, sieve, sieve. Well, if they knew how to pronounce the word, they would say it that way. <laughs> well, they're hockey fans. I've never actually heard that, though. Oh, yeah. it's. Mm. I don't really like it because as someone who used to play goalie, I don't think it's very nice to taunt in that mm. manner. Even if I didn't play goalie. Yeah. Not in hockey, though, soccer. But even if I didn't I play goalie. Say, I'm glad that you equate being sympathetic and empathetic to another human being and not making fun of them equates to it's only because it's only causation of no. you actually playing a goalie. No, I've always thought so. it was a rather mean chant, even if I didn't play yes. goalie. So yeah. anyway, the now John Fitzpatrick at FitzJohnP, he did not mm-hmm. tweet this to us. It, I just saw him tweet it. It was, at a, it was a retweet of The Economist. An Economist magazine, I guess, article, or The Economist. That's a magazine, yeah, isn't it? The Economist. Yes, that's a, that is a publication. Yes. And the, the article was, puns are widely held in low esteem, but they demand intelligence, creativity, and general knowledge. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it takes cleverness, mm-hmm. which I think cleverness is kind of wraps up intelligence, creativity, and general knowledge. 
in order to be clever, you really need all three of those. Yes, and I appreciate puns, I think, quite a bit more than you do. But that doesn't mean that Uh, I'm more intelligent, creative, or just have more general knowledge, because I think uh, (laughs) we've pretty much ruled that out, or we've pretty much debunked that. Well, I I think I have um, overstated my disdain for puns. Yeah. I think it's... it's Some puns are terrible. I think they're enjoyable. Yes. Like the one that I tweeted you from the Minnesota Twins. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> that was terrible. That was, um, again, on the eclipse day, there was a rain delay, so they were bringing out the tarp. And the twins yes. tweeted with the little musical note emojis so that you you know that they're trying to do a song. Total eclipse of the tarp. I didn't find that yeah. funny. That's terrible. And then later, they this one was a little better, but they stayed on that same joke. It's like, okay, guys, that's probably good enough. But anyway, they stayed on the same joke, showed a picture of Bartolo Colon, who's a twin now, mm-hmm. wearing those glasses because the twins had a viewing party on the field in Chicago before the game. So anyway, they yep. tweeted out, total eclipse of the Bart. Oh, see, reusing the same joke is, no, it's, don't do that. No, you don't, You should have done that first. Uh-huh. That was way better than TARP. It was like somebody said, oh, man, we got to do this again. Why didn't we think of this before? It's too late. Yeah. It's too late. Yeah, when you when you got to take two shots, two bites of the apple, two shots at the joke, it's no, it's too late. Yeah. If you have two options for a joke, you have zero options for a joke. <laughs> because if if you can't determine which one is better, then neither of them probably is worth exactly. sending out. Yeah. In, in in terms of puns, I think um, I, I will say this: I'm a pun elitist. Yeah, I'm a pun snob. I I, I look down at the peasant puns and go, get that out of here. What, what are you what are you talking about? Come on, come at me with something you know worthy of you know pun royalty. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. the The twins' puns were peasant puns. Absolutely. But severely <laughs> strained is not. Oh, that's a good one. Except. I'd That's never heard of it called a sieve. Well, now you know. Now I know. And no one's half the battle. <laughs> Did you have anything else this week? Well, I just thought I'd let you know. I'm reading a book about anti-gravity, and I just can't put it down. <laughs> I'm not going to let the show end on that. You realize that, right? <laughs> I know. That's a good one. I-, I appreciate that one. Also from Ed Butt. Oh, yeah, it was in that list of ones he, he sent us. It was, what, like 50 of them in there? Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah. So it's probably not the last time I, I will, you know, say a pun. No, we're going to orbit around this for a while. <laughs> See, now that was pretty good. Well, you know, my puns are heavenly. <laughs> and universally renowned. I can hear you thinking. <laughs> no, I'm not. At this point, I'm not thinking anymore. I was, I was yawning. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's as good a place to end it as any. I, I agree. Okay, bye. Bye. Speaking of Tangents is brought to you by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse. Hosted by Jason Fuse and KJ Onstead. Created by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse. Music written and performed by Jason Fuse. Lyrics and vocals by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse. Edited by Jason Fuse. Production team is KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse. Speaking of teams, 
The NFL preseason is upon us, and so is the hype. The fantasy football hype is in full swing. And seriously, get this stuff out of my face. You guys, baseball is getting really good. It's the final month before the playoffs. The Twins are atop the wild card standings, and the Cubs have finally, finally started playing and are in first place in their division. Baseball is awesome. Baseball is the bee's knees. So football can take a flying leap. Graphics by Jason Fuse. I love snow peas. And I love you.